0: This week's Parsha is Parsha's Bahalos So we have over here a famous Vraisa in the Meseches Derech Eretz Zuta, in chapter 3. It says like this. It says, You should teach yourself to say, I don't know. Meaning, if somebody asks you a question, the response should be, I don't know. That should be the response. Maybe you'll make a mistake. Maybe you'll make a mistake and you'll be caught in the mistake. So it's better to say no, because if you're making a mistake, then you made the mistake and you learn from it. That's what it says here in the derech Heretz. In the Derek Heretz Zuta. Now, to look at this a little bit more, there's a taisfish that mentions the Deraharat Zutab in the Gemara Kiddushin on page 38, Lamir The Gemara here is also a very famous Gemara. The Gemara says, we said, we say in the Shema and you should teach them. And the word Vishinantam also comes from the word Shinun, which means shot. And it means Shiyudivara Muchudadib that the words of the Torah should be sharp in your, in, your, in your mouth. That, if somebody asks you something in the Torah, do not stutter and to say it to him. Don't hesitate. You should say it to him immediately. Now, Toysus here says, Let's forget about the Derech Heretz Zuta for a minute. What we said you should say you don't know. Now we're in Kiddushin. The Gemara Kiddushin is saying that everything in the words of Torah should be sharp. If somebody asks you a question, you should say the answer right away. No, don't hesitate. Say the answer. Ask The Gemara says in Bab on page 23, that if a Tamil Chachom if a Talmud chacham, if a Torah scholar, is asked whether he learned a certain tractate in the Talmud, he should answer, no. He should answer no. Rashi says, "Yesh Do you under, do you know the pre uh, uh, a, a certain tract book in the Talmud? Sodura begirso." Is it clear to you or love or not? should do hilo, even if he has it clear and he knows it. Yermurloi Love. He should say no. And why should he say that? It's a, it's a it's a, it's an attribute of humility. To be humble. Instead of um what is it? Pu- publicizing your knowledge, publicizing your 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 uh, proficiency in the in the Talmud. You should say I don't know, so that you don't publicize it, to be a nun. asks Toysvis, What do you mean? That contradicts the Gemara Ketuvim. The Gemara Ketuvim says that if somebody asks you a question, you shouldn't hesitate and you should answer right away without hesitation. And the Gemara Bamatzi is saying that if somebody asks you if you learned the masaqta, you should say no. I didn't learn. I don't know it. Answers You hear the question of the Tosves. Answers Tosves. And Rabbi Noam. Rabbi Utam says. There's a distinction. If they ask you whether you learned this tractate or not, don't be arrogant. when "I learned it." Would you say, "I learned something"? You're just saying, "I learned a lot." But if they ask you a specific piece of information, what's the halacha? What's the law? If somebody loses an object, do you have to return it? If they ask you a halacha in the in the, in, the, in the in the or they say to you, "Can you please learn with me? Teach me, teach me in the Gemara." Right? They have to be sharp in his in his mouth. He shouldn't hesitate, and that's the that's the resolution of the of the of the thing of, of the two. Statements. The Gemara Kiddushin that says you should be, it should be, says the Gemara Kiddushin that says that it should be, you should be proficient in it and say answer immediately. That if somebody's asking you information, so you give the information. Why should you withhold the information from them? But if somebody asks you, the Gemara Babetia is saying, if somebody asks you, if somebody asks you, um. Whether you learned a particular tractate without having to uh, want to know any information then you should say no i did it because then you're not giving the information that's a measure of humility right it's not humility to deny somebody information but it is humility to te- not, not to boast about the things that you know now the choices in Kiddushin quotes the derech herod zuta that we started with Remember the Derech Eretzuta that we started the class with said that a person should always say, I don't know. So Torah says here, very interesting, says, If they ask you science, then you should say, I don't know. Something that's not Torah. But Torah you should always say it. And he says, mm-hmm. Even if it's a Torah, a person shouldn't say that to boast about what they know, or what they do know, they should teach, uh, they should they should uh, rule upon and teach the students. So also, Tosis wants to put together that a person should only say I don't know again the same way. That the Derach Zuta the Derach Eretz Zuta is agreeing with the Gemara that says if somebody asks you if you know Masechta if you know something always say I don't know. That, and the Derach Eretz Zuta agrees with that. And not with the Gemara Ketush which the Gemara Ketush says that you should not say you should not say um you should not withhold information from somebody who asks you that's what toys says in Kiddushin, and the um Excuse, what is even if you know though you say you don't know even if you know you say you don't know and the also is also also Bob Mitzia, he doesn't quote the zuta, but he but he uh, mimics what the choice says in Kiddushin. now it's a little bit not implied that the Zuta it does not seem like it the Therese learns that you should always say you don't know why because you're just being asked to boast. So then you don't boast, given the opportunity. It's not much more like that. It's, it's not implied like that from the Derech HaRzutah because the Derech HaRzutah says specifically that the reason why you should say you don't know is because maybe you're making a mistake. Shema maybe, Shema maybe tizbadeh v'teyoches. Maybe you're making a mistake and you'll be caught in your mistake mm-hmm. maybe you'll be caught in your mistake that's that that seems to be a precaution a precautionary measure so i don't know how we, we would work that out exactly right that that at the same time being afraid not being afraid but making sure that you don't Make a mistake, but at the same time not denying somebody information that they're asking you for for the title. So I guess that's a question of judgment. It's a question of judgment. If you have the if you're gonna say if you're gonna say that 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 you don't know, then you're not gonna be caught in a mistake. If you say you do know, then you may be caught in a mistake. But you have to say you know, if the person is asking you to teach. Right? Yeah, one has no purpose, really, other than it would inflate the ego, right? Like Correct. Like, even if you knew- Correct, it would inflate the ego and also ruin your own reputation and embarrass your friends. And there's no, there's, they're not asking for value of the question, right? It's just a general question of knowledge. Right. Yeah, okay. But I mean, but Toises is learning that, it, you know, Toises is learning that maybe you'll be caught in a mistake. You only have, to, the way the Toises will have to say that the way the Toys learns is, is that you should say, I don't know, because maybe you'll be caught in a mistake. And you only have to worry about the fact that you'll be caught in a mistake only if you're boasting. But if you're not boasting, you're teaching, then you don't have to worry about the fact that you'll be caught in a mistake. So it seems like the Derech is being a little bit more lenient than, than the Gemara in, in Bambitziya that says you should say, I don't know, if you're asked. Because the Derek Haran Zuta seems to put it, it only if you you may make a mistake. You're afraid you may make a mistake. but you're not afraid that you can say, I did learn it. Maybe according to the Derek Razuta, because if you but but maybe that, or maybe the Derek Hared Zuta is saying that you'll always in trouble with making a mistake. You never be sure you won't be making a mistake. So if it's only to boast, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be boastful. You should you should be you should be humble. You should be humble. Okay. So, there's, there, there is an interesting... Um, there is an interesting... That... There, there's an interesting... There's an interesting... There's an interesting path of the judge And the, the truth is like this. Okay, so this is how you say... This is how you say... To the uh, you say to a person, they say to you, "Do you know?" So you say, "I don't know," unless you're teaching them, right? This is, comes out from the Tzitzis and all the sources that we're giving. You should say if somebody says to you, "Do you know?" You say, "No, I don't know," right? Now the truth is, should you know though? Should you know or not know? Of course, you should know, right? Even though you're not going to admit that you know, but you have to know. And the there's a quirk here, because if you don't know, then you are gonna be then you're in danger of becoming arrogant. I was like this. Let let's do the Mishlosh Sharem first. Mishlosh Sharem says this. Says the Mishlosh Sharem. One of the things that 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 detracts from humility is lack of knowledge. The more a person is foolish, the more they are arrogant. The rabbi say, Sanhedrin 24a, what's a sign that somebody's arrogant? that they don't know anything. They don't know any taira. That's, sim- that's a sign of somebody who's advocate. That's why he continues in his vein. We'll read maybe another line in a few minutes, we'll be so sure. Okay, but it comes out that. to be an interesting thing. It. it comes out to be a very interesting quirk, that you should say that you don't know if somebody asks you whether you do know why, so that you shouldn't be boastful. You should be humble like Rashi said in Bab right? But actually not knowing is a danger to being arrogant. Right? You hear what I'm saying? The people who are saying, you're, you're talking to, who ask you, do you know or do you say, you, or, or you don't know, if you tell them you don't know anything, then they know this Monsieur Shosham, you're in danger of becoming an arrogant person. As a matter of fact, the Gemarni Sanhedrin that Monsieur Shosham says, the quotes is that, is that, is that if, you, if a person who doesn't know anything is is that's a sign that he's arrogant? So you should say you don't know to be humble. But when you say you don't know, you're putting a sign on yourself that you may be arrogant. What do you want to say, David? No, I'm just Muslim. You hear? No, yeah. but you wanted to say something before. No, earlier. So you said though that the person who really doesn't know anything about Torah is. They're the ones at risk of being Correct, that's Mr. Shark. Yeah. That's, that's Mr. Sharp. Okay. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what he says. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? But it, it's it's a dichotomous, it's dichotomous yeah. what we're saying. Now I also saw in the Chakmore Musar from the altar of Kel, uh in volume number two, but I can't remember which memory it was. I was searching for it, I can't remember. It's somewhere there. We need to computerize the whole thing to to find it. The author says actually the following. And This really is a pretzel if we put all of these things together. The author says that somebody who says, I don't know, it's a sign that they actually do know. Because when a person says they don't know, they're smart enough to know what they don't know. Because they, once, once you know, you know how much you don't know. So it's a sign of wisdom when you say you don't know the opposite. Because if you say you do know everything, says the author, how could you think you know everything? Because you don't. You're only one person. There's a vast Torah out there. There's so much stuff that you don't know. Now how could you say you know everything? So if you say you know everything, then you're being arrogant when you say you know everything. Right? So, so let, how do we put this together? Exactly. That on the one hand, in there, it's Zuta, is saying, you should say you don't know if somebody asks you whether you do know. Not to be boastful. Not to be arrogant. You should be humble, like Rashi says. Right? But if you say, if you say you don't know, according to the altar of Kelm, it shows that you do know because you know how much you don't know. Because you're saying how much you don't know. And you know how much you don't know. Right? At the same time, I guess the Msil works. The Msil Shion would work. Because Msil Shion is saying, if you, if you just don't know, then you're in danger of becoming arrogant. Because the lack of knowledge is what makes a person arrogant. You hear what I'm saying? So I guess, according to the author of Kel, you will have to say that it depends on how you say you don't know. Right? If you explain what you don't know, then it's a sign that, you're, that, you're, that you do know. For example, you say, you know, the galaxies has the X amount of stars, they're X amount of distance from each other, but there's another Milky Way and I don't know what's there, right? I'm real, you know, I, you know, whatever. There's a solar system. There's all the solar systems. I know how many planets there are on this one, but I don't know how many that are on that one. You know, but you know what you don't know. If you start explaining what you don't know and you say you don't know, that shows that you do know. But if you just stop making a statement, I don't know, then you're being humble. Because you're saying, I don't know. You hear? Yeah. It makes sense, though, because there's a vastness between what we even someone who's learning, what, you know... What you're, I'm trying they to say that they is don't know, that... They don't, they don't know things, right? So that's that is, so in general, right? Right. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that it's not so simple as it seems. The whole thing is not so simple as it seems. It all depends on the situation. It all depends on under what circumstances you're saying you don't know. Under what circumstances you're saying you do know. It all depends on how you say it, and why you're saying it, and what context you're saying it. Because saying I don't know could mean I do know. It could also mean I don't know. It could also mean I'm arrogant, but it could also mean I'm humble, right? So it, 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 it depends. It's not, it's, not, it's not so simple. If we, put, if, we try to, if we try to put the altar of Kelm the Mesil Zeshorem, the Gemarion Kedushin, the gemara Bab Metzia, and the Derach Eretz, uh, what is it, uh, Zuta together. Okay? Now, going with the altar of Kel, we get to this week's Parsha. It's Pasha Balbozikos, so we have to fit in the Parsha, right? We've got to fit in the Parsha. So, the, uh, the Torah tells us we're not going to get into the topic yet, but we're going to get into the. We'll get into it in a minute. The Torah tells us in this week's Parsha, chapter twelve, verse number thirty-three. Vaish Anav ma'od. Moshe was a very humble person. Mikol Adam the, more than any other man. and the Adam that was on the face of the earth. So now the Biseus Isham says like this. He says. The Masil's term says that if a person says I know he's arrogant. If he says I, or it's a sign that he's arrogant. He may not be. If he says I don't know then he's humble. Right? Now then he says that Moshe was the most humble than everybody else. Now, why is he saying that? So, if you look in the paragraph before, in the paragraph before he says that there is a mushel There's a Marshall. up in the Gemara Babitzia on page 85b, one coin in a jar makes a lot of noise. If there's a lot of coins in the jar, it makes no noise, right? This is shown in chapter 23. So if a person has one fact in his mind, he's going to make a lot of noise. I, I know, I know, right? But if he has a lot of facts in his mind, it's not going to make any noise at all. The one that makes the less noise is the one that's the smartest, the one who doesn't boast that he knows everything. So Moshe says the Messiah is the most humble of them all. Why? Because he knows the most. His jar is the most full. Right? Moshe according to in the words of the author of Keom would be the one who knows the, why is he the most humble of all? Just because he has all these facts. According to the author of Keom the reason why he's the most humble of all is because he's Since he has more knowledge than everybody else because he's the conduit of the Torah, therefore he knows more than everybody else of what he doesn't know. He doesn't know more than everybody else doesn't know. So the Torah is testifying to us. Not that Moshe Rabbeinu was the most humble, but that Moshe Rabbeinu was the most smart. Because when the Torah tells us that Moshe was the most humble, what does it mean we call Adam from every person? It means that Moshe Rabbi It it, it the Torah is testifying to us how smart Moshe was. Because how could you be most humble than every person? Because since you know more than everybody else, of course you're the most humble than every person. Because your jar makes the least the least noise. But you said it's also that he didn't, like he doesn't know more than everyone else, right? He's aware. He he knows that he doesn't know, right? We don't know, right? I don't know what I. Isn't that how you're saying it? That, that it's, the more it's that, you know, the more you know you don't know. Right, so the, the, we think we know, right? Okay, so you're saying that that vastness too, he was aware of that vastness, of his lack of knowledge, even though he was the most knowledgeable, it gave him an awareness of what he wasn't knowledgeable on. Correct. Okay. Correct. So the Torah, when it tests, we think that the Torah is testifying to us, that Moshe was the most humble, and that is the Pashib shot. That's a simple explanation. The Moshe was the most humble. That's why, for example, like the Ramban says, he wasn't going to do anything about the fact that Miriam and Aaron were saying Lashonara about him. Because since he was humble, he wasn't going to be makbirani. He wasn't going to be, uh, you know, vindictive about it. The fact that they said Lashonara about him. That is what he's, that's what the Torah is telling us, he, because he was the most humble of them all. Right? But, the, but according to research, the Torah is not telling us he's the most humble of them all. The Torah is telling us he's the smartest of them all. That's what, because how could he be the most humble of them all? Since he's smarter than everybody else, that's why he's more humble than everybody else. But if he would have said that to his siblings, it would have been arrogant. He didn't say anything to them. Right. right? The Torah, Torah is telling us this. Right, because it was knowledge he had, they didn't. That right. Was, the Torah is telling us this. Right. They didn't have that knowledge, right? So in that sense, you know, well, I guess the Torah has to be telling us both things. Yeah. The Torah has to be telling us that, that because uh, the Torah does have to be telling us, like the Ramban said, that, that that's why he didn't react. But in telling us this, we know also by deductive reasoning, by deduction, we know that he is the most humble of them all. That's the Musil Sharm sure saying. So the so this works with the the, the author of Kyom's argument that the more convincing you could be about the fact that you don't know, the more you understand that, the more you can convince others that you don't know anything. The more prestigious you are in what you know. Right? Now, having said all of this, we're already coming to a conclusion. And, but I, want, I have something that I, that I thought is interesting. For this conclusion, we still gonna say that the commentary of the Rush. No wait, is it the rosh No, the in and Baleatos. In their commentary, they say the following thing, which is interesting, which co- has completely no meaning to it whatsoever, unless you have the introduction that we just did in the entire class. And it's like this. They say that the Torah says that he was the most humble of them all. Anav. How do you spell Anav? Ayin nun vav. The Rosh discusses why the Yud is missing. The Rosh here discusses why the Yud Yud is missing because it should be spelled with a Yud. There's a Yud missing in the word Anav. The rush says the Moshe Rabbeinu had trouble writing about himself that he was humble because he's the one who wrote that pasuk. <laughs> therefore, he wanted to leave out the yud to show that he's not that humble. Whatever, that's the rush. Yeah, that's the rush. To say that he wasn't that. In his first explanation. Another sign, <laughs> the Right, he didn't want to write that he was humble. So therefore, he spelled it on purpose. He says he left out the yud to, say, you know, to show that he's not as humble as the Torah makes him out to be. So he's being even more humble <laughs> <in the Russian. laughs> that's what the yud is missing in the first as he says but uh the does the king about that says the reason why it's missing a yud is to tell us that the gematria works out because he says like this <laughs> the reason why the yud is missing is to tell us that he was humble in all his limbs When you write the letters of anav and the way you read them, ayin is spelled ayin yud nun, and nun is spelled nun vav nun, and vav is spelled vav vav, shihu it comes out to 248. Anav comes out to be 248 when you spell out each letter. 248 is a reference to the Gemara in, in in So, so th- this is what he says. And now, what does this mean? That he was humble in all his limbs. What does that mean? So it's a reference, just we'll say it short. We've, we've talked about this in the past. That it's a reference to the Gemara in Makos, right? The Gemara in Makos says that there are 248 positive commandments in the Torah, page 23b corresponding to the 248 limbs that a person has. Right? That's what the Gemara Mako says. So, this is clearly a reference, even though Tzatzikin and Balayatosis doesn't say it, this is clearly a reference to that Gemara. That Moshe was humble in all of his 248 limbs. And what does that mean? Even? It means like this. Remember, we once said that there's a, there's a, there's a morale. Uh, it escapes me now which chapter it's at. The morale and the Pharisee trail, the morale and Pharisee trail says that the negative commandments, without getting into the whole long explanation, the negative commandments are make are made sure that we don't fall off the island, that we don't dam- that we don't damage ourselves, we don't hurt ourselves. The positive commandments are to make sure that we that we build ourselves. That's why the two hundred and forty eight com uh, uh, commandments that are positive, positivity implies building, that we should build them. And that's why they correspond to our limbs, that we should build spiritually every one of our limbs. That's what the moral says, right? The only way to build spiritually 248 limbs, which correspond to the 248 mitzvahs, is that you have to have an intimate knowledge of all the 248 mitzvahs. And who is the man that has the most intimate knowledge of all the 248 mitzvahs? It's got to be Moshe Rabbeinu, right? So we'll have to say that this is what it means. What does it mean that he was humble in all of his 248 limbs? That since the Masih Lachisharim is saying, according to the author of Kelm, the way that we said it, that humility represents knowledge. Why? Because the more a person knows, the more they know they don't know, the more humble they become. So, therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu was the most humble in all 248 of his limbs, which means what? He was the most humble when it came to all the 248 mitzvahs that correspond to those 248 limbs. Why? Because he had the most knowledge of the 248 mitzvahs. So, therefore, he is the one who knows what he doesn't know about each one of the 248 mitzvahs. Therefore, he can be the most humble of the 248 in his 248 lips, spiritual limbs because he's the one who knows the most of where he needs to go in order to build himself spiritually in those 248 limbs and that is indicated in the word anav and that's why the yud is missing to spell out the number 248 according to what we're saying anyway so that's the way it fits in this week's partial so 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 what's the lesson that we're learning from the whole thing the lesson that we're learning is is that is that we have to be uh what is it prudent to use our minds we have to the world is gray it's not black and white right there's an appropriate way to respond and just saying the words i know or i don't know doesn't mean anything unless you have context, right the way that you're saying it who you're saying it to about what and why you're saying it. And that applies to everything in life. Not everything is black and white, right? E- everything is is gray. And so we have to use our judgment based upon the Torah of how to properly behave in different situations. Once we're mature, of course. Once we become mature, we have to use our judgment. Well, until we're mature, I guess, we can't, be, we can't, we can't really use our judgment. That... But judgment, com- ma- uh, judgment comes with maturity. Anyway, that's what I want to show.